begin by thanking our sponsors for this morning. Sure to thank our Tamil Torah sponsors for the month of Sivan, Baruch Meir and Rina Dubin for dedicating the Sherman Joshua's this month and the Shalema for their niece, Chava Tzipora Bas Chaya Malka. We hope that in the merit of our Tamil Torah, she together with Kol Chol Yisrael will have a complete and enduring refuah. Well, so with that, let us begin. Today's daf is Tzadik Gimel 93. Really exciting daf ahead of us. We are picking up Emir Tzashem on Tzadik Beis Amud Beis 92b. And we left off, let's actually pick up with Amar Abiyanai, which is 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11 lines off from the bottom. We actually got a little bit further down, but let's, but let's start there. A nice, uh, nice departure point for today's daf. Amar Abiyanai, Bechabura Mimnu Vegamru, in Kiddushin Tovsin Biyavama. In our Chabura, in our Shir, we decided, right, we took, a, we took a poll, and we decided that at the end of the day, that at the end of the day, in Kiddushin Tovsin Biyavama, that Kiddushin does not take effect with Eivam. So let's remember again, let's re- review this case. We're dealing now with the case, Ruvain is married to Rachel. Ruvain dies without children. Rachel falls to Yibam, to Ruvain's brother, Shimon. So now what's the Shaila? The Shaila is if, if Rachel goes ahead and accepts Kiddushin from Zvulun, an unrelated man. So does that Kiddushin work or not? So remember, we saw in yesterday's daf that is a fundamental machlokis. What is the machlokis based on? The machlokis is based on the interpretation of a pasik. The pasik says, this was on the second line from the top, on Sadiq Beis, on the Beis 92b, Lo zar. The wife of the deceased brother shall not be to the outside to a strange man. Which again, the pasik is telling us, that the Yivama should not marry someone other than her Yavam, right? She shouldn't marry someone other than her brother-in-law. The machlokes is, the fundamental machlokes is, how do we view that phrase, or how do we understand that phrase of losihia? Does losihia mean it's a lab, it's a prohibition for her to marry someone other than her brother-in-law, but technically speaking, the marriage works. Or no, losihia means what? Losihia is Lashon Havia, is Lashon of Kiddushin. There's no Kiddushin in such a situation. So remember again, so we had Rav Yehudis, the name of Rav, that it means there's no Kiddushin. Shmuel said, I'm a supak. I'm not sure if there's Kiddushin. Say thank you so much. Don't be sorry, I'm sorry to, to make you serve me like this. Thank you, thank you. So I'll say, so, say it's taking table orders, by the way. On his way back, on his way back, just tell him what you need. Say thank you, thank you. So, so, so remember again, so that's the Shaila. Does it mean that there's no Kiddushin? Or does it mean ultimately that it's Aser? I don't know why this keeps falling down. Okay, All right, that, that, that's the Shaila. So remember again, we had Rav saying it means there's no Kiddushin. Shmuel saying, I'm a Supak. I'm, I'm not sure exactly what it means. And therefore Shmuel would mandate a get out of Suffolk. So now the Gemara is saying, Rabbi Yanai said, in the Shir, we decided that halacha lemaisa kiddushin doesn't take place. Kiddush, there's no kiddushin with the yevama. So Rabbi Yochanan, so Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi, lo mishnah seinuhi. So Rabbi Yochanan says, Rabbi, isn't this a mishnah? Isn't this a mishnah? This nan haomer leishareat mikudeshasli laachar shezgayer laachar shetiskayri laachar sheishtachrer laachar sheishtachrerri. So this is actually a very interesting case. Right, we're going to talk about this case. We're going to delve into it a little bit more because this case actually enters into a number of different, a number of different halachas. So listen to this. A man says to a woman, 
become my wife, become my wife, after I convert. So this is actually an interesting case. So right now, the guy is a Gentile. He says to a Jewish woman, I'm in the process of conversion. Let me be Mekadesh you now, right? So that you'll become a Gudeshes to me after I convert. So he's making the Tanai Kiddushin now for it to be Chal after he goes out and converts. Or again, a Jewish man says this to a non-Jewish woman, just the reverse case. Or or right now, he's an Eved Kanani. So he said, right, a Jewish man goes over to an, I'm sorry, not a, an Eved Kanani goes over to a Jewish woman, says, become a to me when I am emancipated. Or or after you're emancipated. Or this is an interesting one. Right? A man goes over to a woman, become Mikudeshes to me after your husband dies. Maybe don't tell him right now, right? After your husband dies. Or Or let's say again, a man is married to Rachel. He wants to marry Rachel's sister Leah. Can't marry two sisters. So he says to Leah, become Mikudeshes to me after your sister dies. Or Or become Mikudeshes to me after your brother-in-law does chalitza with you, ain't a mekudeshes. So both say in all of these cases, she's not mekudeshes. Now both say, the truth is, this is an interesting, these are all interesting cases, which you're going to get into in just a moment. The reason why Rabbi Yochanan is bringing this up is for that last case. A man says to a woman, so let's imagine the following scenario. A man says to a woman, so now Zvulun goes over to Rachel. He says, Rachel, become mekudeshes to me, right, after, after your brother-in-law Shimon does chalitza with you. So the Gemara says, it doesn't work. But I will say, we're assuming, why doesn't this work? Why doesn't this work? Because you can't do chalitza, I'm sorry, you can't do kiddushin with a woman who is subject to yibum. And since Rachel at the time of this t'nai ultimately is subject to Yibum. Therefore, halacha lemaisa, kiddushin with her does not work. Even though this is a kiddushin al it doesn't work. So therefore, Rabbi Yochanan is bringing this as a proof. You see from here that you cannot affect kiddushin with a woman who is subject to Yibum. That's Rabbi Yochanan is bringing this up. So this is actually very interesting. So he says back to Rabbi, he says back, Amalei, ilav de dalai l'cha mi mashkachas maganisa to say. So, so Rabbi responds, Rabbi Yochanan, shkoyach. But had I not removed, literally again, the piece of clay, would you not have found the jewel? In other words, okay, beautiful, you're bringing this Mishnah. But the reason you're bringing this Mishnah as a proof is why? Because I laid the groundwork for you to discover this. So ultimately, you're going to say, so fine, good, beautiful, beautiful idea. I will say, now we're going we're gonna to go back and talk about this, this Mishnah in just a bit. But what seems to come out over here, look at Rashi, Ilav Meshkachet Marginisa, Rashi says over here, actually, let's take a look at Rashi, Eino Mekudeshes, Kevin the Hashtalo Tafsi Bakidushi Lekame, Nami Lo Tafsi, De Eino the Makna Devashalabal Yolam. We're going to come back to that point in just a bit. So, we'll say, the idea over here that the Gemara has just proven, or seemingly proven, is that Halacha Lamaisa, Halacha Lamaisa, a woman who is subject to Yibum, cannot go ahead and accept Kiddushin from another man. Now, this last case that was mentioned is different than anything else because this is what's called Kiddushin on Tanai, but nevertheless, it's brought up as a Raya. So I will say, before we go ahead and before we go ahead and delve into this, how do we pass Kanalach Lamaisa? Because now we're going to take a little bit of a turn because this Mishnah introduced another fascinating idea 
about being makne adavr shalob ali olam. Literally, again, going and acquiring something that is not yet in existence. So we'll come to that in just a moment. How do we pass Allah halamaisa? So we'll listen to this. The Rambam in Hilchos Ishus Parak Dalit Halacha Yud Dalit writes as follows. The Rambam says that in general, right, we don't pass like Rabbi Akiva, which means we hold Kiddushin Tovsin Bechayvei Lavin, right? So you say, thank you so much. Right, we hold that Kiddushin takes effect even with a love, even in a situation of a love. Now, interestingly enough, listen to the Lushan of the Rambam. The Rambam writes, Nistapek lechachamim ima Kiddushin Tovsin Biyavama, Kishar Chiyuve Lavin, O Ein Kiddushin Tovsin Ba Ke'erva. Rabbi say this is absolutely riveting. Chazal were mesupak about what happens. So again, case we started out with this morning. Reuven is married to Rachel. Reuven dies without children. Rachel falls to Yibam to Shimon. Zvulun comes along, unrelated guy. Zvulun, unrelated guy, gives Kiddushin to Rachel. Does that Kiddushin work or not? The Rambam Paskins, Halacha Lema it's a suffix. It's a suffix. What is the suffix based on? Again, the top of yesterday's daf. What's the suffix based on? How do you interpret the Pasik? Losia Eshes Hames Hachutzalish Zar. Is it that there's no kiddushin? There's no kiddushin? Or that ultimately, again, there is kiddushin, but it's Asr. The Rabbam says it's a suffix. It's a suffix, and therefore, when the Hashanah Paskins as well, the Alpha Pisha Asr Lichnos no, I'm sorry, Olav, Oin Kedushin Tovsiba Kerva, the Alpha Pisha Asr Lichnos Achas Mikolela, Harizim Magarish Gets. Therefore, Bosa, because it's a suffix, you'd have to give a get. You'd have to give a get. So we'll say, just fascinating, that's how the Raman Paskins, Halachalamaisa, like Shmuel. Shmuel says, we're not sure what, what, we're not sure how to interpret the Pasik. Is it an Isser? Is it an Isser? But the Kedushin works. Or ultimately, again, it's a suffix. That's supposed to have the halach So quite fascinating. So I will say, let's go weiter. Amalir Reish Lakish. Reish Lakish is Rabbi Yochanan. Ilav de Kalsach Gavra Rabba, were it not that a great man went ahead and Rabbi, right, and, and complimented you, have amin lecha, anamas nisin Rabbi Akivahi. I would tell you that that Mishnah that you just quoted, the Mishnah you just quoted, reflected Rabbi Akiva. See, Rabbi say, let's go back for just a moment because now we're going to blow open a whole new discussion, which is absolutely fascinating, which is that Rabbi Akiva holds in Kiddushin Tovsin Bechavi Lavin. So say, so I would have thought that maybe in the cases that we just quoted over here before, Haomer Isha, all of these cases where a man is trying to affect Kiddushin now, uh, let me say it differently. He's making, he's affecting Kiddushin to be chal at a later date, right? Become my wife after I convert. Become my wife after you convert. Become my wife after I'm emancipated, after you're emancipated, after your husband dies, after my wife dies, you know, so on and so forth. I would have thought the reason why the Mishnah says it's not Mikudashas is because it's Rabbi Akiva, and Rabbi Akiva holds in Kiddushin Tovs and Bechavi Lavin. To which the Gemara says, "Vi Rabbi Akiva, ki amr la la achar shiach lotz la yivimech litvesi ba kiddushin." The Hashamina le Rabbi Akiva, the Amar Adam makne davar shalab ali olam. The Rabbi say, "There's another problem in this Mishnah." What's the other problem in this Mishnah? We'll say this is so fascinating. The ability to go ahead and attach a tenai, or to create a reality with something that is not yet in existence. I will say, give you a perfect example. Let's use the first example as the best one. A man says to a woman, become my wife after I convert. After I convert. See, I will say, right now, a man is trying to affect marriage 
with what? With what? With a future self, right? His present self, who is not Jewish, does not have the ability to affect marriage. He wants to affect marriage with a future self. That is called a davar shelo ba liolam. So now we'll say, now the shayla is, what's the halacha when you go out and try to create realities with something that is not yet in existence? Rabbi Akiva happens to be of the opinion that you cannot go ahead and acquire something that is not yet in existence. This not. Rabbi say top of Tzadik Gimel. This not. Listen to this case. Fascinating case. Let's say a woman says to a man, a woman says to a man, I hereby make a konam, konam is a nether, type of nether, that anything I produce with my hands, you cannot get benefit from. So she's trying to go ahead and prevent her husband from benefiting from her maiseyadayim, from her actions, from her livelihoods, right? Konim sha'ani osa so literally anything I create, Rashi says over here, Isha sha'amr lebaila, mashani osa malacha, yehe asra lefiqa bakonim. Whatever I create, whatever malacha I do, you should not be able to go ahead and get any benefit from. So what's that lacha bosa? In a man doesn't have to annul such a nether. Why not? Rashi says over here, the kabbas shabda lein lemaisiyadeh lo matzia nidra. For one simple reason. A man already has a right to his wife's earnings. So because he has a right to his wife's earnings, she can't prohibit him from something that is rightfully his. Okay, so therefore the neder essentially is ineffective. Watch this. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Akiva Omer Yafer, Ultimately, again, Rabbi Akiva says, no, you should annul the neder. Why? Because I will say, a man has a certain level of entitlement to his wife's earnings. But after a certain threshold, right, after, after her earnings surpass a certain threshold, he no longer has rights. So if the husband doesn't annul the nether, the nether will devolve upon those additional amounts. Those additional amounts. So I will say, what do you see from here? Now, what is this an example of? This is an example of making a tnai on what? Or making a nether based on what? Something that is not yet in existence. And yet you see that Rabbi Akiva says, your husband really should annul the vow. Because if he doesn't annul the vow, then halacha lamaisei is going to be precluded from, from, from benefiting from those what we'll call surplus earnings. So Rabbi says, see, see from here, if you look at Rashi, Shemata and Defa, actually, I'm full of Rashi. Because the Gemara says, Allah, Amra Fun Rid Rabbi Yoshua, Ba Omeris, he can't shoot Yandai Laosehem. To which Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Huna, Rabbi, Rabbi Huna Rabbi, Rabbi Yeshua says, no, no, no. This is actually not a case of This has nothing to do with acquiring things that don't yet exist. This is something different, Rabbi In this case over here, what she's doing is she's being maktish, so to speak, her hands. What she's saying is, my hands are hegdish. Which, which, not literal, but what she's saying is, my, that which my hands produce, ultimately, again, my husband should be precluded from gaining benefit from. So in this case, interestingly enough, she's not going ahead and doing anything with earnings. She's doing something with her hands. And what's the chap with her hands? They exist. So I will say, so now this is, this is very exciting because the truth is, it's, it's quite a riveting topic about makna adam davr shalabali olam, or... Adam makne davar shalabali olam. 
a person's ability to go ahead and make a tenai, make conditions, acquire, transact business with something that does not yet exist in this world. Now, what we just did over here is, the Gemara just went on record as saying, Rabbi Akiva holds, Adam maknet davar shalo bali olam. Right, Rabbi Akiva is that a person has the ability to, we'll say, when we say maknet, maknet means a lot of things. Maknet means you can make a neder, you can make a tenai, but we're also going to see from a Chosh and Mishpat perspective, from a business perspective, it also means that you could transact business with things that do not yet exist in the world. So now we're going to delve into this. Upliga. Now the truth is we're going to see that there in fact is a machlokis regarding the position of Rabbi Akiva. Upliga. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Rav Huna. I'm sorry. So listen to this. Upliga Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Rav Nachman by Yitzchak. Rav Huna. Kirav. Virav. Kirabianai. Rabianai Kirabichia. Rabchia Kirabi. The Rebbe, Kirabi Meir. Rebbe Meir, Kirabi Eliezer ben Yaakov. Rebbe Eliezer ben Yaakov, Kirabi Akiva. Okay. All of these positions hold like Rabbi Akiva. All of these hold like Rabbi Akiva. What does Rabbi Akiva say? The Amar, Adam Makne Davar Shalom Bali Olam. So all of these opinions are of the opinion that a person has the ability to be Makne a Davar Shalom Bali Olam. So we'll say, so again, like I said, literally what it means is, you could acquire something that has not yet come into existence. So I will say, remember again, like I just said before, multiple, multiple ramifications of this. We just saw a marital ramification. We just saw ultimately, again, two marital ramifications in terms of making a tenai kiddushin, in terms of a woman's earnings. And we're going to see again the business ramifications of this as well. Here we go. So we're going to go through each of these opinions showing how they hold Adam Makne Davar Shala Bali Olam. Here we go. Rafuna Mahi. So I'm going to say, where do we see Rafuna? Where do we see Rafuna? De Itmar Hamokher Peros Dakel Lechavero. So I'm going to say, listen to this. If a person sells Peros Dakel, Peros Dakel are fruits of the palm tree, dates. Person sells dates to his friend. And I'm going to say, now this is no ordinary sale. Look at Rashi. Hamokher Peros Dakel, Bimosagishamim. So I'm going to say, what are you really selling over here? Date futures. Date futures, right? The market for date futures. I would say, so what, what Rashi points out, you're selling it in the rainy season. Remember, in the rainy season, there's nothing on the trees. Nothing on the trees. So you're selling, you're literally, you're selling date futures, right? I'm selling you dates that do not yet exist. So I'm Rafuna. Rafuna says, Ad olam So until those dates, until those dates come into the world, ultimately, again, you could go ahead and retract. You could retract. Look at Rashi. Essentially, either the seller or the buyer have the ability to back out of the sale up until Nisan. Because Nisan is when the fruits come on the tree. However, But once the fruits come onto the tree... Ultimately, again, you can't retract the sale. Look at Rashi. Because, again, once the fruits are on the tree, that's when the sale takes effect. Therefore, what do you see here, Rabbi now, now, remember again, say, look what's happening over here. Rav Huna says, there, so here's the case. Ruvain is selling Shimon dates. We'll call it in Cheshvan. Right? So I'm selling you, I'm selling you two trees worth of dates for $1,000 in Cheshvan. 
What does Rafuna say? What does Rafuna say? Both Reuven and Shimon have the ability to back out of the transaction until when? Till when? Till Nisan. What's Nisan? When the fruits appear on the tree. Now I both say, what do you see from Rafuna's position? Now it's true, they both have a back out, a back out window, but nevertheless, what do you see? The transaction itself works. Right? There's a back out window until Nisan, but the transaction works. The fact that the transaction works, what does that show you? Adam Maknet That you have the ability to go ahead and transact business and make a binding obligation. The fact that they could back out, Rabbi, say, see, if you held Ain Adam Maknet then what would be the halacha when Ruvain sells Shimon dates in Cheshvan? What would be the halacha? There's, there's, no, there's no transaction. There's no transaction. It's like me selling you the Brooklyn Bridge. In other words, I'm selling you something that I don't own. So if you hold ain olam, then a transaction for dates in Cheshvan shouldn't work. The earliest time you could transact business with dates would be when? Would be when? Nisan. The fact, so, we'll say, so don't get confused by the fact that Ravuna holds that both buyer and seller could back out until Nisan. They could back out until Nisan, but the transaction works as a cheshvan. Therefore, Adamaknadav Shalab al So we'll say, that's Ravuna. So what we're just trying to show is how every single one of these opinions holds Adamaknadav Shalab al Olam. Next. Next. Rav Nachman. What does Rav Nachman say? Afmishabauli Olam. Rav Nachman says the truth is, even once the dates come into the world, ultimately you have the ability to go ahead and back out of the sale. So Rav says, this is Machlokis about this case, right? Even once the dates, even, even, even in Nisan, even in Nisan, they have the ability to go ahead and back out. I'm Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman says, Modino, di'ishamet va'achil, lo mafkino minei. But Allah Chalamai said, say, even though I agree that both have the ability to back out of the sale, if Shimon the buyer was proactive and came Nisan, came Nisan, he scaled that palm tree and collected his dates. We don't extract the dates from his possession. Okay, so fine, I'll say that, that's just a side of Machlokis by this case. What we want to take from there is Rav Huna, right? So we're trying to line up all of these different opinions, ultimately, again, who side with Rabbi Akiva, who say Adam Maknet Davar Shalabalilam. So we've got Rav Huna, number one. Next, Rav. The Amarav Huna Amarav, listen to this. So we'll say, what about Rav? What do we see, Rav? So Rav Huna is in the name of Rav. Ha'omer lechavero, sadazu, shani lokeach, l'she'ekechena, kinu yilachame achshav. So we'll say, very interesting case. A person says to his friend, a person says to his friend, this sada, this field, sadazu, shani lokeach, when I purchase it, when I purchase it, the moment that I purchase it, it should be become yours as of now. All right. So we'll say. So what's what's the case? Look at Rashi. Homer the Chavero, Kodem Shekanes Asada, Kana Vahavile Matana. Amim Rav So we'll say. Here's the case. Here's the case. I go over to Ruven and say, Ruven, I'm going to buy a field from Shimon. I'm going to buy a field from Shimon, and when I buy the field from him, I want to automatically transfer it over to you as a gift from the moment that I purchase it. So we'll say. What am I doing? I'm making a I'm making an, a, a matana agreement, right? And I could even be drawing up a star, right? Regarding a transaction, I'm 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 entering into a legal agreement with Shimon regarding what? Regarding what? Something I don't own about a field that I'm going to buy. So I'll say, what's the It's a binding agreement. So once again, I'll say, what do you see? Adam maknet davar shalabali olam. Incredible. Rabbi Anai. So we'll see what's Rabbi Anai's case. Here we go. So just lining everybody up on Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Anai. Rabbi Chia. 
This is also such an interesting case. Rabbiana had a sharecropper. He had a sharecropper. Now, I will say again, remember, sharecroppers worked in one of two different, we saw this already back in Brachas, one of two different types of arrangements. Sharecroppers sometimes gave a percentage of the field to the landowner or just gave a set amount of crop, uh, 50 bushels or whatever, right? So again, the, that, that, that's not material to this story, just an interesting fact. So Rabiana had a sharecropper. Listen to this. Have a day, Shabsa. The sharecropper used to bring Rabiana a basket of fruit every Erev Shabbos. So it's actually interesting. Actually interesting. It's not clear. Etosis has a whole discussion over here also about whether or not this was, this was payment for the, was this payment for the field? Okay, whatever. It doesn't really matter. He brought, he brought him a, he brought him a basket of fruit every Arab Shabbos. So we'll say, now remember, just the unspoken part of this Gemara was, so Rabbanai would get the fruit and what would he do? He would tithe it before Shabbos because you're not allowed to tithe produce on Shabbos. Okay. So what happened? Hahu yoma nagile velo asa. It was one Erev Shabbos, the sharecropper didn't show up, he was running late. So both say, Rabbi has a problem. Now, not a problem. What, what's the issue? The issue is he's nervous the sharecropper is going to show up on Shabbos or too close to Shabbos for Rabbi Yanai to separate out Shumas and Maestros. So what does Rabbi Yanai do? Also, so what, what does he do? So Rabbi Yanai did something very interesting. What he did is he essentially took Shumas and Maestros from untithed produce in his home on the basket that would arrive. So in other words, he proactively took trumas and maestros on a basket of fruit that was not yet in his possession, but that he expected to come into his possession. Interesting, very interesting. So the Gemara says, So he came before Rabchia, and Rabchia said to him, Rabchia said, Great job. Great job. Why? So the Gemara said, the Sanya is fascinating. So we'll say the Pasuk over here says, just to give you the whole Pasuk, so this is talking about the obligation to go and eat Meister Sheni, as well as Bechar Behema, right, in Yerushalayim. So the Pasuk is talking about the consumption of Trumas and Meisrus. And the Torah says, or actually at least Meisrus, so that you should learn to fear Hashem all of your days. And I will say, what's interesting is the end of that Pasuk doesn't really seem to fit with the subject of the Pasuk, right? The Pasuk is talking about consumption of tithes in Yerushalayim. So what do you mean? So listen to this. So the Gemara says, What is that Pasuk coming to teach me? To which the Gemara says, let's listen to this. Right, I'm sorry. What is it coming to teach me? So I'm sorry, I skipped. The, what, is, what does it mean that you should come to fear Hashem all of your days? All of your days refers to Shabbos and Yamtiv. Shabbos and Yamtiv. Look at Rashi. Call Yamim Elu Shabbos Yamtiv. Have a Lamar Lizar Shaloli Batel Onik Shabbos Bishal Tikunatel. It teaches about say what, what does it mean that you should fear Hashem all of your days? All of your days means Shabbos and Yamtiv. Meaning what? Make sure to take care of your Trumas and Maestros before Shabbos. So that you're not precluded from Oneg Shabbos. How would you be precluded from, from enjoying the Shabbos? 
if your if your produce is tevel is untithed, ultimately you'll be precluded from going ahead and enjoying it on Shabbos and Yamtiv. So the Gemara says, all right, what, what does this mean exactly? How does the Pasuk teach me this? If you're telling me that Allah the Torah is telling me that technically speaking, I'm permitted to go ahead and tithe on Shabbos, I know that. It's Trichkral Mishri. So the Gemara says, so let's listen to this. Remember, tithing on Shabbos, Midaray says Mutter. The reason we don't tithe on Shabbos is why? It has the appearance of fixing something, right? Because again, you're, you're changing status. Anytime you change status, take a look at Rashi. Rashi says, Rashi says, Now the Gemara goes on. If you want to say, it's the Mishrei Tiltal, Maybe it's to say that you could go ahead and, technically speaking, you're permitted to move Tevel. That's also permitted. Why? Because Lamaisa, again, about say, Tiltal, Muktza, is Dirabanan. So, what is the Pasek coming to teach me? Ella, Amud Beis, Ella, Lav Gavna. Rather, about what the Pasek is teaching me is like this The Pasek is teaching me that you are permitted to proactively tithe on Erev Shabbos in order to go ahead and what? Make sure that your produce is ready to go on Shabbos itself. Now, I both say, this is a very important halacha because, in general, so both say, we're just trying to figure out what is the pastor coming to teach me the Gabe Shabbos. If it's coming to teach you that you could tithe on Shabbos, we know that technically you're allowed to tithe on Shabbos with the rice and If it's telling me about tiltal, moving tevel, or Moving Shumas and Maestras, I know that Maker, then I could do that on Shabbos as well. It's only Asr Midirabanan. So, what does the Pasuk coming to teach me? Pasuk coming to teach me that Allah Chalamaisa could proactively tithe on Erev Shabbos in order to ready produce for Shabbos consumption. And what's the Chidish in that, Rabbosai? Normally, how do you tithe produce? How do you, right? Tithing 101 is two words. Minha Mukaf. Minha Mukaf means the produce that you are tithing has to be in proximity, it has to be there. It has to be there. The Chiddush is that in order to ensure that produce is Shabbos ready, Shabbos Yamtiv ready, what can you do? You could tithe even Shalom in Amokov, even if the produce is not in proximity. As Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Chia, Rabbi Rabbianai, as Rabbianai did, I will say in this case, what did Rabbianai do over here? Rabbianai proactively tithed uh, based on a basket of produce that was going to come sometime later in the day. Then I both say, aside from a Shumas and Maestro's perspective, what else do you see? What else do you see? That Adam Makne Davar Shalobali Olam. See, I both say, for our purposes, what this shows is you can go ahead and affect change or affect transactions with something that is not yet in existence. Because I both say, at the end of the day, as much as Rabbi Yana knew that this basket was coming, nevertheless, what? What? It wasn't there. It wasn't there. And even though it was not there, Rabbiana was able to separate out Shumas and Maestras. Incredible. So the Gemara says, Amalei. So Rabbi says, now Rabbiana so goes ahead. Now remember, say just this exchange comes about. This exchange comes out. So Rabbiana went ahead. Right? Rabbiana has a sharecropper. He proactively separates out Shumas and Maestras. Now remember, again, he went to Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia gave him a Shkoyach. What was the Shkoyach based on? The Pasuk. Laman Silma Liras Hashem Alakecha Kol Hayamim Elu Shabbosos V'yamim Tovim. So he told him, ah, the Pasuk says that on Shabbos V'yamtiv, you have to be proactive. How do you have to be proactive? Tithe. You, you did great. You did great. Rabbi Anai says, you know, I'm not sure if I did great because You know, I had a dream and in my dream I saw a splintered reed. 
And apparently I took the splintered reed as an omen that maybe I didn't do the right thing. So the Gemara says, My love, hachi ka'amrili, hini batachti lecha al mishena sakana harotzot sazeh. So Rabbi Yana said, according to the Pasuk from Malachim Beis, right, where the Navi gives, the Navi gives Klali Yisrael Musr. You have literally, again, put your, put your faith on a splintered reed. So Rabbi Yana said, I saw the splintered reed in my dream. Isn't that an omen that maybe I did the wrong thing? So the Gemara says, he said to him, Lo, achi kamalacha. So to which Rabbi Hiya said, no, this is what it's saying. Kana ratzutz lo yishbar upishtake lo yichabena. Ultimately, again, the splintered reed shall not break. Say, again, I will say splintered reed is used in two, two different contexts. Once as a musr for something bad, once as an omen for something good. Said the omen that you saw was an omen from Shamayim that you had, done. No, I shouldn't say the word omen, right? What you saw was a good simen, was a good simen. Ultimately, that what you did was correct. So I will say, this is the proof that Rabbi Yanai holds that halacha lamaisa adam makne davar shalom bali olam. So I will say, so again, the proof is he was able to separate out trumas and maestros on Produce that he did not yet own. But I'll just mention, I saw a beautiful, beautiful idea by the, in the Sefer Mishnah Siyosef. He brings down something amazing. He says, the Gemara is learning from this Pasuk, you shall learn to fear Hashem all these days that refers to Shabbos and Yom Tiv. So learning to fear Hashem refers to Shabbos and Yom Granted, it's in a specific context. Why is the notion of Yiras Hashem associated with Shabbos and Yom Div. So the Mishnah Yosef says something so beautiful. Listen to this, I'll quote to you. He says, because on Shabbos and Yom Div, person has to have more yira, more, more awe and reverence on Shabbos and Yom Div than weekdays. Why is that? He says, listen to this. On Shabbos and on Yom Tiv, there are many malachas. Even on Yom Tiv, where there's a hetar of Ochel Nefesh, there are so many malachas. And there are avos, and there are toldos. And again, liability for Shabbos and Yom Tiv violation is very serious. On the other hand, va'od shehem yimei oneg v'simcha va'alulum lavo lechet. See, Shabbos and Yom Tiv have this fascinating dialectic. On one hand, you have so many halachas and so many malachas. I, and you have to be careful with so many things. And yet, on the other hand, you have a mitzvah on Yom Tiv of rejoicing, of rejoicing, basra and yayin, Shabbos, a mitzvah of oneg. So I have the mitzvah to rejoice, but I also have to be hyper vigilant with all of the halachas. So ultimately, says the Mishnah Yosef, that's what it means. Shabbos and Yom Tiv require this incredible balance between on one hand, being meticulous with halacha, but yet expressing unbridled and abundant joy through simcha and through oneg, and being able to go ahead and toe that line, being able to go ahead and literally find that balance between on one hand, oneg and simcha, and on the other hand, profound reverence for the halacha, that's called the yira of Shabbos and Yom Tiv. That's such a beautiful, beautiful idea that captures the entirety of the Shabbos and Yom Tiv experience. Oneg and Simcha on one hand, but at the same time a hyper-vigilance about the Halacha on the other. That's, that, that's the Yira of Shabbos and Yom Tiv. Truly beautiful. Anyway, the Gemara goes right there. So the Gemara says, Rebbe, we'll say that we're continuing going through our list over here. So what does Rebbe say? Rebbe, the Sanyo, lo saskir eved al So also, what does the Pasuk mean when it says, do not return a servant to his master? 
Shabbos said the Parsha Pshat of the Pasuk over here is as follows. That Allah if an Eved, an Eved Kenani, runs away to you, do not go ahead and return him to his master. So the Gemara says, Rebbe Omer, what is the Pasuk talking about? The Pasuk is talking about if you purchase an Eved on the condition to emancipate him, don't go ahead and change your mind and work him. So the Gemara says, what's the case? The cost of lay where a person writes to, write a person about say, I, I, I'm purchasing an Eved and I write him a star. And what does the star say? The moment I purchase you, you're emancipated. So I will say, what is this an example of? I haven't even bought the servant yet. I haven't even bought him yet. But before I buy him, I write a star that says, when I buy you, I'm going to emancipate you. So the Pasuk says, don't change your mind. After you make that condition, don't change your mind. So I will say, once again, another proof. Rabbi Meir, what is Raymer? Hold Raymer this nan. This is how this whole discussion started. What's Rabbi Meir? Rabbi Meir says, a man says to a woman, become a kudeshes to me after I convert, or after you convert, after I'm emancipated, or after you're emancipated, after your husband dies, or now I'm married to your sister after your sister dies, or after your brother-in-law does chalitza with you, ultimately, again, in all these cases, it does not work. Why doesn't it work? So in all of these cases, he's, first wide line of all of these cases, in all of these cases, He's legislating a kiddushin, right? He's making a tenai with something that, that quote unquote does not yet exist. So I'll say again, the easiest way to illustrate this, as I said before, is with the first case. Right now, a man is a Gentile, and he says to a woman, I'm undergoing the process of conversion. Become the kudeshes to me when I convert. I will say, right now, he is a davar shalom ba liolam. Which I will say, if you think about it, by the way, is such a profound musr that sometimes a person is a davar shalom bali olam. We'll say a lot of times in life, I am a davar shalom bali olam. I have so much potential. I have so much potential. But my potential is exactly that, it's potential. And it's unrealized. It's unactualized. The tragedy that both I have life is that sometimes you go through an entire life, entire lifetime, and I remain a davar shalom bali olam. I'm here, I'm kind of here, but fully unactualized. We'll say, isn't that the case of the ger? He's there. He's there. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So we'll say, so by the way, there's only so much that a davar shalom ali olam could accomplish. Incredible. Reimer Reimer says, Mikudeshes. Here it is. Here it is. Very simple. Reimer says, all of these cases work. Kiddushin works. Kiddushin works. Why does it work? Because Rabbi Meir holds that Adam makne davar shalom ali olam. And therefore, again, this, these t'nai kiddushin ultimately will work. Incredible. Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. So what's wrong with Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov? Say, Disanya. Yes, sir, Alkin Amar Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov. So, afilu im Amar, peros rabosei. So the Bryce is quoting the following case. Yes, sir. So yes, sir, Alkin Amar Rabbi ben Yaakov. Afilu im Amar, peros aruga zu, tlushim, yutshuma, a peros aruga mechubarim. 
Shavuot, in this case over here, a person is designated, designating one part of his crop as truma on a different part of his crop. So literally he's saying, let the fruit of this row, when they're detached, be truma on the fruit of this row when it's attached. O peros arugos aruga mechubarim, a peros zutolushin, lichish, what's that? I will say, he's making all of this tonight, even before the crops have grown. So he's making all of these conditions, right? This row should be truma on this row. And as soon as the, so I will say, so just a very simple, so just a simple illustration. So let's say the, the fruit or the produce of row A, when they reach one third maturation, ultimately again should become truma, ultimately on the produce of row B. Row B. And when is he making this tonight? Even before the produce has reached one third of its growth. So what's the halacha? Once you go ahead and reach a one-third of their maturation and they're harvested, ultimately his words are upheld. So I'll say all this is another example of where a person is making a tanai regarding truma of produce and he's establishing or he's designating certain produce truma on other sections of produce and he's making this entire tanai before the produce has even grown. Incredible. Incredible. Rashi says over here, right, Rashi just pointing out over here why the daf could use a third. Good. Rabbi Akiva. So I'll say, here we go. Rabbi Akiva. This is the end of the road because remember, all of these opinions were lining up behind Rabbi Akiva. All of them behind Rabbi Akiva. So the Gemara says, what did Rabbi Akiva say? Rabbi Akiva, disnan konim sha'ani osalaficha, eni sarchlafer. So we'll say, remember again, this was the first case we had on Sadiq Gimel Ahmed Aleph, right? What does Rabbi Akiva say? A woman says to her husband, I hereby make a nether prohibiting you from getting any benefit from my earnings. Anything I produce with my hands, konam, is prohibited to you. Right? So what's that? Huh? So we say, a man does not have to annul such a nether. Why doesn't the man have to annul such a nether? Why not? Because halacha lamaisa he's entitled to her earnings as well. Excuse me, anyway, right? So because he's entitled to it, ultimately she can't make a nether prohibiting him from getting benefit from it. So therefore, Allah Almighty, he doesn't have to annul the nether. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, no, he has to annul the nether. Why, Yafer? Shematadif alav yasram in haroi. Because Rabbi say, let's say, she, let's say she earns more. In other words, without getting into all the technicalities over here, halacha lamaisa, he's only entitled to earnings up to a certain amount. But if she, if her earnings surpass that threshold, technically, the nedr could devolve upon those surplus earnings. Therefore, Rabbi Yakiva says, she, he should annul the nedr lest the nether devolve upon the surplus earnings. Now, both say, do the surplus earnings exist? Do they exist? No. Yet, Rabbi Akiva is saying, the nether would be chal. What do you see from here? Adam makne davar shalo bali olam. So, I both say, this is very exciting. So, therefore, again, I both say, this entire, we just went through this entire, it's very exciting gemara when you see like a whole, it's always exciting, like when you can sink your teeth into a sugi. This is a sugi that started from Sadiq Gimala and has gone all the way to the middle of Sadiq Gimala which is rare, right? Generally, we're all over the place in gemara. So, it's exciting to kind of focus, sink your teeth into a theme. All of these opinions, all of these opinions lining up behind Rabbi Akiva, each in their individual cases, but all a common theme throughout every single one of these cases, Adam makne davar shalom bali olam, that a person has the ability to makne 
acquire, transact business, convey ownership, acquire ownership, designate Shumas Maestris with something that does not yet exist in this world. Okay, so I will say, so says the Gimar. Now, of course, is not as simple, right? In general, about is really, it, it, we'll call it a depends situation. In other words, there is not necessarily one uniform halacha when it comes to but it's very often case specific. Let's go by. All right, so both say, so now, now we're jumping back. Now we're jumping back. But again, I both say, okay, if we have time, we'll come back. There's also, okay, let's go back. But I'm going to say, so both say, now we're going back. Remember, our entire sugi right now has been based on the concept of believing in Eid Echad, right? That's how we started our, 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 our parak. Eid Echad shows up, tells the woman, your husband died. Your husband died. So both say, so remember again, we saw in yesterday's daf, there's a fundamental machlokas about how we look at an Eid Echad. Right? Is an Eid Echad a Maisa Beisdin or a Shus Beisdin? Right? When an Eid Echad comes along and Beisdin allows her to remarry based on, based on the testimony of an Eid Echad. So there are two ways we could look at that. That that is a Horaas Beisdin or, right, that's a, right, Beisdin is Paskining, right? Paskining or Beisdin is giving her permission. We saw yesterday, what's Nafkamina? What's Nafkamina? Personal liability for a carbon, right? If it's a Horaas Beisdin, then there's no personal carbonic liability. If it's kind of just permission, but you bear the responsibility, then there is personal carbonic liability. So we'll say, here's the interesting question. Do we believe in Eid Echad B'Yavama? By, now we'll say, what's the case? So look at Rashi. Eid Echad B'Yavama, Meyit Shemes Baila Kadesh Yavim. So we'll say, here's the case. Here's the case. Rachel's married to Ruvain. Eid Echad shows up and says, Ruvain died. Ruvain died. And I both said, now, now what's going to happen? When Ruvain dies, now Rachel falls to Yibum to Shimon. And I both say, now, now this is interesting. So do we believe in Eid Echad in that case? Because understand, what's happening over here, I both say, is the Eid Echad is essentially effectively and immediately triggering what? A potential erva situation. So now, based on this, are we going to allow Rachel to marry her brother-in-law? Which in Yibum is a mitzvah, but outside of Yibum is what? Is a pretty major avera. So Bobby says, So the Gemara says, "Time of day, Eidachah Mishon the Milsa David Legluye Lo Meshaker Vachanah Meshaker." So we'll say, on one end, we say, in general, why do we believe in Eidachah? Now we'll say, here's what's interesting: it's fasc- fascinating psychology of lying. Now we'll say, when do people lie? When do people lie? Not that anyone knows, right? Maybe you have a friend, right? When do people lie? When they know they can get away with it, right? Rarely do people lie. Only like you have to be. Yeah, generally, it's a good sign of significant illness when people lie, even when they know they're going to be caught, right? Or to cry for help, right? So I'll say, so at the end of the day, people lie when they know they can get away with it. But something that is going to be found out, people don't lie. The reason we believe in Eid Echad is because you'd be crazy to lie about something like someone died. Besides the fact that it's kind of sick, right? Also, also, Lamaisa, if you're wrong, if you're wrong, the guy is going to be standing next to you at the smorgasbord, right? At, at the chasana. So it's going to get awkward. So lemaisa, it's a milsa da'avida ligluye. It's a, it is something that is going to become revealed. So we, so do, so we generally assume that the reason we believe in Eid Echad is because a person doesn't lie by saying it's going to become revealed. So therefore, we assume over here, we assume over here that a person is not going to lie as well. And I will say, by the way, what, what a profound musr. Right? Chazal tell us, a person doesn't lie with a milsa da'avida ligluye, right? 
I only lie about something that I can conceal the truth. But if the truth is going to come out, I'm not going to say, what a Moser. And I will say, how many times in life do we lie to ourselves about things? Right? I, I, I tell myself, this is Moser. I know it's not Moser. I know it's not Moser. I tell myself, it's okay to do this. I know it's not okay to do it. But I think I could cover it up. I will say, every single lie we tell ourselves it's going to become revealed. Now, maybe not in this world, but every single thing becomes revealed in the world to come. So say, now that I know that every single lie I tell myself is a milsa da'avidi legluye, I have to find the strength to stop lying to myself. Because at the end of the day, you could run, but the truth comes out this world, next world, and the Gemara says, Adam lo Smart people don't lie when the truth will be revealed. What a profound muster for each of us to take to heart. Oh, Dilma, time the Eidechem Mishum Deihi Daiko Min Saba. Vahacha, or we'll say maybe on the other hand, on the other hand, right? In general, why do we believe in Eidechad? Because Halacha Lamaisa, we assume about saying that the onus of the of the Eidos of the Eidechad falls upon the woman, right? She's going to do her due diligence and ultimately again check the veracity of the claim. And I will say, what do we have to be concerned about in this case? Vahacha. The truth is, from the time that her husband brought her home to meet his family, she always liked his brother better than she liked him. So I will say, so maybe there's the concern that in this case, in this case, she's not going to do her due diligence. She's not going to do her due diligence. So I will say, see, see you hear the Shaila? So the Shaila, again, I will say, what's fat, can I just say, what you, what you see over and over and over is the Gemara struggling with why we believe in Eid Echad? Isn't this incredible? Like the Gemara, the Gemara can't stop grappling with it. Like, because it, it's so dramatic that we're believing one guy to allow a woman to remarry. I was just trying to figure out why that is. So here the Gemara is saying, here the Gemara is saying, Halacha Lamaisa. So Eid is coming along and saying, Ruvain died. Rachel, you could do Yibam with Shimon. So do we believe him? So do we say, on one hand, the reason why Eid Echad is believed is because an aide is not going to lie about a milsa David the Ligluye, something's going to be discovered. So he's not going to lie and say that Ruben died if Ruben's really not dead because his treachery will be discovered. So therefore, even in this case, we can allow Rachel to do Yibom. Or maybe no. Maybe the reason we believe an aide Echad is not really because you believe the aide Echad. But what we tell the woman is, listen, we're going to let you remarry because Mishum Igun Akilu Barabanan, because of Aguna, we're going to let you remarry, but the total onus is on you. Total onus is on you. And the Shiloh just is, are we, are we confident that she's really going to do her due diligence in a Yibum scenario? Or do we, are we concerned that maybe she always liked her brother-in-law? So because she liked her brother-in-law, she's really not going to do her due diligence. And if the Eid Echad is wrong, we're going to be in some serious trouble. So I'll say that's the Shiloh. That's the Shiloh. To which the Gemara says, to which the Gemara says, ultimately again, so we learn this. We have this in the Mishnah. What did the Mishnah say? Well, so what do you say in the Mishnah? It actually comes along and says, to, and says to the woman, right, your son died. Right, right. remember again, about this is a case of where a husband and son went overseas. So they say to her, your son died. And then they say to her, your husband died. So the order is very important. Son died and then husband died, which means what? Which means what? She's subject to Yibam. She did Yibam. And then unfortunately they said to her, oh, we made a mistake. The order was wrong. The order was wrong. In fact, your husband died first and then your son. No Yibum. What's Talacha? Tate say 
Vavlad Rishon Vachron Mamzer. So she has to leave, she has to leave her husband, and ultimately again the children are Mamzerim. Sehidam, what's the case? So we'll see if we're about a case where it's two witnesses against two witnesses, right? Two witnesses came along and said, two witnesses came along. The first two witnesses said, your son died and then your husband died. And then the second two witnesses came along and said, no, it was your husband died and then your son died. My chazis the sam chisahani, samochahani. I will say when you have two verses, two, they cancel each other out. And if they cancel each other out, then pretty much she stays where she is. And therefore, halacha lamaisa, she would be permitted to remain with the Yavam. So the Gemara says, Vaod, Mamzer, Suffolk Mamzer. Furthermore, again, the cave wouldn't be a Mamzer, it'd be a Suffolk Mamzer. I maybe will say that the author of the Mishnah wasn't precise with his wording. No, 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 no. They're both saying the latter case of the Mishnah, we know that the, what the author is very precise with his wording. Elo, Lav Chad. So we'll say, rather, it must be the cases where what? The original aid who was showing up was an aid echad. It was an aid echad. So we'll say, the aid echad comes along and says, Meis b'neich uva'achakach meis ba'aleich. The aid echad was coming along and telling the woman, I have terrible news, your son died, and then your husband died. So the aid echad is the one who's coming along and telling her that what? That she is subject to yibum. V'tayma and then I will say what happens. Then two witnesses come along and say, no, the one witness was wrong. And in fact, what? Your husband died and then your son died. But I will say, were that not the case? Were that not the case? So were the two witnesses, were it not for the fact that two witnesses came, one witness would be believed. What comes out from the Mishnah? What comes out from the Mishnah? Then not only is an eight echa believed to allow a woman to go and remarry, but an eight echa is also believed to what? Allow a woman to do yibum. So we'll say we'll stop over here. We're not finished with this. I'm leaving you off in the middle of the sugya. I'll pick up with the ikad da'amr tomorrow, and we'll see the resolution of this particular halacha in Mir Tashem in tomorrow's daf. Shkayach